It's good to have you here. It's good to be back home. Been gone the last couple of weeks, and um, you've been having some guests filling in, or not really filling in because we've been exchanging pulpits in regard to our missions emphasis this uh, spring. And um, uh, it was great to visit at Overflow, especially, and also at Beach Creek, but to, to be at Overflow and to see what God is doing there and to think of another church that will be planted out of that church. Um, and it was just neat to meet some of the people there. I'd never um, met them before. And uh, exciting to see what God is doing there. Um, the theme of this Round Robin series on missions has been 290,000 Reasons. 290,000 reasons, and the 290,000 reasons are people. They're in this uh, six-county area from which we will be drawing support for the new church plant from from various churches uh, in those uh, counties. There are 290,000 people that, in the census, didn't report any church affiliation at all. In other words, they just were, I don't go to church. There's no church connection for me. 290,000 people within a hour's drive of us right now that are much like John and Maggie that were here a couple weeks ago. And Maggie, who before she went to Overflow, didn't really even know who Jesus was, had never been in church a day in her life. And there are people out there all around us. In fact, I would wager that you have probably met some of them this week. You've probably run into someone and you didn't even know it that are completely non-church people. They have no connection. They've never, some of them have maybe never gone to church. Uh, And so that is the why of what we are going to be doing and what we are doing as this network of churches planting this new church in in the Altoona area. Um, The why, 290,000 people. The how is what we have been discussing over these last couple weeks. And my piece of the puzzle that we've been talking in the other churches and are now home to share with you is one that is hopefully familiar to most of you. If you have been here for any number of years, you've heard me preach from this same passage of Scripture. And uh, maybe this morning you'll say, Bob, I've heard that before. I hope you have. And I hope you remember it. And I hope that it just saturates into our thinking and just becomes a part of who we are. If you've not heard it before, that you will ask God to to speak into your life of how you can be a part of God's mission here among us. Uh, My part is the area of generosity. Richard spoke about being a missionary, being that person. Sam spoke about actually going and being a part of the church plant. But for all of that to happen, it takes funds. 
And so our goal for our missionary offering is $100,000. It was a $100,000 goal last year. We just came a little short of that. And I hope this year that with God's help and our obedience that we will go over that amount of giving to missions. And church planning is the largest uh, individual part of our uh, mission budget. We give roughly a little over $20,000 to church planning here in um, Pennsylvania in our district. And we hope that God will help us to continue to do that. But we think of $100,000 and that seems like a lot. Can I really make a difference in that figure? I mean, it's not that big of a, of a, a figure. Can I make a difference in, in um, uh, helping us meet that goal? You know, we as Americans are very generous people. Right now, I imagine in Nepal, as they are still recovering and still trying to get lives back together, I, I dare say all over Nepal, or at least the Kathmandu area where the earthquake was, you can find boxes and bags that have USA written on them. We as a nation have probably sent boatloads and airplane loads of, of food and, and materials over there. And then we as individuals have taken part. Last Sunday, um, uh, I think uh, if I heard the report right, we gave over $500 just in, in response to what Stephen announced that you can participate through the Wesleyan Church in meeting those needs. And so we are very generous. We reach out and we, we do things when we see a need. In this age of electronics and GoFundMe and other forms of, of funding, people will put out a need and say, this is what I plan to do, this is my need. And people all over the country will respond to them and amazing amounts of money have been raised. Our little bit can make a difference. We saw the kids come up here and get these cups and each one of them had some nickels, dimes, quarters and an occasional dollar bill in them. And over the last 10 years, we've given $50,000 uh, to the orphans in, in, in Swaziland. Uh, amazing what uh, that little bit that none of us really felt even when we put those nickels and dimes in there, but it makes a big difference uh, when we get together and look at what God is doing through that. And so we're this morning going to be talking about our faith promise concept of giving to missions. Uh, faith promise is, is not a gimmick. It's not a stunt, a fundraising stunt. It's, it's not even starting from this question. And this is the problem that many times we start from this question. And that is, we start from how much do I have? Uh, um, let's see if I'm going to go. Okay, there we go. How much do I have? If that's where you're starting in this question, we're really not where we should be. How much do I have is a very limiting, limiting thing. It has very distinct boundaries. And we can quickly come to an absolute of how much do I have. And that's all, you know, if I gave all of it, then that's, you know, there's nothing left. But if I give out of that, then the resources are, are very much determinable. 
But the real place of start uh, is how much will I allow God to give through me? Now that's a completely different animal. That's a completely different concept or or philosophy of giving. Not how much do I have, but how much does God have that he wants to give through me? And I hope that is where we will be in responding to God in obedience to this matter of faith promise. In the word of God, there is this principle and pattern of giving by faith the prom and promising uh, what we will give over a course of time. And we're going to look at that. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, and we're not going to read the whole of those chapters, but you can do so, and we'll be pulling scriptures from that that, that help us to understand uh, what it is that Paul was talking about. Now, Paul was talking about the church in Macedonia and Corinth that were responding to the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was in peril, you might as well say. There, there was a lot of persecution going on. There were people that had lost people in their family. There were people that maybe weren't able to get work anymore because they were following Christ. And the people were suffering, the Christians were suffering there in Jerusalem. And word, Paul must have been sharing that as he went around in his missionary work. And when he got to the church in, in Macedonia, they responded to that and said, we want to be a part. We want to help the church in Jerusalem. And so Paul is responding to their response. And we're going to look at that for a few moments this morning. The first thing that Paul points out about these Macedonians is that they had the right attitude about giving. He used three expressions that kind of define their attitude. He said they gave out of their with overflowing joy. Overflowing joy. It was a joyous thing that they were doing and that they also, that it welled up in rich generosity, this desire to give. And he said they they, when they found out about this need, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. When we give in our culture, in our time, it's time to receive the offering. I've never heard anybody said, Woohoo! Praise the Lord! It's time to give! Get that plate back here! Can't wait to put it in! It just kind of goes by, we put it in, and then we look at the video or a song or whatever, sit there, twiddle our thumb, check our email, I don't know what you do. But we're not just all excited about it. I, it's interesting, as I've traveled around the world and, and over in Swaziland, uh, to watch them give. And they get excited! It, it, it's something exciting. It's an exciting part of the service. It's a joyous part of the service. Here are people that probably the richest one there is poorer than any of us here this morning. And yet they get excited about giving. When it comes time to receive the offering, they don't have someone go back and put a plate in front of you. They have a table up front and you get up out of your seat and you make your way to the front. 
And many times they're dancing and they're waving their offering, come up, put it down, or maybe slam it down. And they're just excited about it. It's a joyful part. And sometimes uh, they, they have these special services in which they come together, all the churches as a district, to give their missions offering. And the whole service is about giving their offering. It's, uh, I think they call it a Molly Hombi service. Uh, and, and that's what the service is about. I wonder how big a crowd we'd get if we said, we're going to have a service next Sunday, and it's just about giving your offering. That's all we're going to be doing, is giving your offering. Um, that might be a Sunday we just decide to stay home or go su- see Aunt Susie or somebody or, you know, do something. But it's a joy. And Paul is saying these, these uh, uh, Macedonians uh, did not look at this as a duty. They did not look at it as their obligation. Their, it, was, it was that they were full of joy at the opportunity to be generous to their help those who were in need. The second thing that Paul describes about them was that they gave themselves, how they gave. They gave themselves. Now, Paul said, frankly, that kind of surprised me. He said, they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Later on in chapter 12, he said, what I want is not your possessions, but you. And I think the priority of this of giving ourselves before we give our substance is crucial. Because what God wants more than anything else is not your money. God wants you. He wants me. He wants who I am, and he wants relationship with me. Uh, God wants all there is of me. He wants to possess me. Over in Zaire in Africa, they were having a what they called a harvest service. And it was a, one of those, those services about giving for missions. And um, they, they did this every year. Once a year, they would all bring what they can together and give it for missions. And as they were bringing their stuff in their traditional way, many of them, most of them didn't have money to give. Some were bringing fruits and vegetables from their garden. One lady had a basket with two live chickens in it coming down and put it up front. And someone else had a rope with a pig on it and brought him up front and a goat and all of these different things that they had uh, that they were giving. And then the church would take those, sell them, and give that money to missions uh, and when it was winding down and it seemed like everybody had given what they were, were going to give that morning, uh, from the back there came a woman, an older woman, who started making her way, dancing down the aisle. And as they looked and saw who she was, she was the poorest lady in the village. She had nothing. She, had, she was in absolute poverty. And yet she started making her way. She had her, finch, her fists clenched and, and, and was going down the aisle. But as she was dancing, it became clear that, that, that there wasn't anything in that hand. 
And some of the ladies felt bad for her and, and thought that she just was, you know, felt she had to do something and they knew she didn't have anything. And one lady even tugged on her dress and said, you know, sit down. We know you don't have anything. You don't have to embarrass yourself. But she just ignored them and made her way down the aisle, got to the front, lifted her hands and looked to heaven. And she just said, Lord, I give you myself. I give you myself. And isn't that what Paul said God wants? That's what he wants, is that I give God myself. Uh, And the Macedonians got it, and he said they they gave themselves to the Lord first, uh, and then they gave their substance, their money. He goes on to say that they they gave their substance uh, to the Lord. Uh, um, They gave as much as they were able They gave, I'm getting ahead there, I think. Yeah, they gave as much as they were able. It talks about them sharing, giving, giving their plenty, giving generous gifts. And and so they, they caught the idea that God wanted them, but he also wanted to give through them. And there are several things that Paul points out as to how they gave their substance. The first thing that he points out is uh, that they gave sacrificially. He said that that flowed this gift flowed out of their most severe trial and in spite of their extreme poverty. Now, we might think, okay, Paul was talking about the, the Macedonians giving to help the, the people in Jerusalem, and so the Macedonians were doing really well, and they heard about the poor people in, in, in Jerusalem, and so they said, okay, well, let's pull, you know, pull out our checkbook, and we'll write a check and help those poor people out. But Paul said that wasn't the way it was at all. The Corinthian church, uh, they were going through hard times too. They were being persecuted. And in fact, uh, they were in extreme poverty, but they did not allow their situation uh, to cause them to say, well, you know, we can't do anything. Uh, It was in spite of their poverty that they were willing to sacrifice. We as Americans are, are... willing to be generous and are generous comparatively. I don't think there's any nation on the face of the earth that has been more generous than the American people. We have given to help people in in need around the world. We have helped countries build and get on their feet. We have helped people that had nothing to, to, to get things to help them up. We've been a very, very generous people comparatively. And as a church and as as Christians, I think we have been generous comparatively. But let me ask you this, and just to ask you to think about it yourself. Have we been willing to not only be generous, but to be sacrificial? Sacrificial. I, I Just ask yourself this, and I know many of you have given faithfully and generously to missions, faith promise. But has it really affected your standard of living? Have any of you said, oh man, we're not going to be able to eat three meals today. We're going to only have to eat two because we have given so much to missions. Um, We're not going to be able to buy a new car because we, we just have given so much to missions. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But I would, I would venture to say 
probably none of us have given to where it has affected how we live. But they gave sacrificially. And then they gave, another way he said they gave was they gave as much as they were able. That means they gave according to their ability. That means that they looked at their checkbook, they looked at their savings account, and they said, here's how much we have, here's how much we have coming in, and we're going to give this amount to, to help the people in Jerusalem. And they, they, they were, were very intentional. They were very honest and practical and said, here's what we have. This is what we are going to do because this is what we have in our hands. And so they, they gave and, and it was an intentional thing out of the resources that they had. But then he said, not only did they give as much as they were able, but he went on to say, and they gave even beyond their ability. Or another translation says beyond their means. And basically what it was saying is, okay, we know this amount we can give, but there, we're going to trust God that he is going to help us and bless us and give through us even what we don't even know where it's coming from or how it's going to come. That's one of the things that Cindy and I have decided to do this year is to give as much as we are able, sit down, okay, here's how much we have, this is how much we're putting into our budget that we're going to give each month, and then a component that says, okay, we don't have enough to do more than that, but we're going to make our faith promise more than that and just trust God. God, you've got to supply the difference. You've got to supply what we don't feel we are capable of giving. And God is going to have to supply that, giving beyond their ability. And then Paul said that this commitment was based uh, upon a, a, a commitment that they had made the year before. He talked about earlier they had made this, last year. Now, what you have done, bring it to completion. Uh, finish that which you have promised to do. Do what you have decided in your heart to do. Clearly there was a plan there. And they had earlier decided this is what we're going to do. And now Paul says the time has come. Now fulfill that which you have committed to do. And so here we find the idea of faith promise. That by faith we will promise to do and accomplish this over the period of a year. And then Paul reminds them, of the harvest principle. He says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And then he expands upon that. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. He's saying the real reward or harvest that we receive uh, is that we will have a harvest of righteousness. There will be a spiritual harvest in our lives uh, when I, when I give to God, you know, sometimes we have this idea that God needs my money because he doesn't have any, right? God doesn't have anything except what we give him. Is that right? Huh? No, when I give to God, I don't make God richer. I don't make him any richer. God has unlimited power and resources, 
So why does he want to give through me? Why does he, why does he say, well, Bob, I need you to give to meet this need of missions? It is because God wants to bless me. Well, he wants to give me a harvest of righteousness. I think of, and I've told this story before, but one time we were visiting down in the Cayman Islands, and the people in the Cayman Islands where we grew up were, are some of the most generous people that I've ever met. And um, we were visiting there, and there was a lady that was a refugee at that time from Cuba. And so she had come from Cuba with nothing, had nothing. Some people in the church had taken her in and allowed her to live in their garage. The garage was a, a, a 10 sheet metal building, roof, sides were all tin. I, it was like an a, a oven <laughs> in that hot sun, just a box, but that's where she lived. She had nothing. She, 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 uh, I don't even know if she had a job. I don't know how she, she lived, but, but she came to church, and I was there, and she came up to me and shook my hand, and when she did, she said, I want you to have this, and I opened my hand, and there was a $10 American bill there, and I, I said, oh, I can't take this. I, I, you need it. Um, you need it so much more than I do. And I don't know, I maybe argued with her a little bit there. And she just stopped me and she said, Bob, she said, don't rob me of my blessing. Don't rob me of my blessing. And I took that money, but to me, it was sacred. I couldn't keep that for myself. And I took it and put it in the offering because I, she needed that. But she said, don't rob me of my blessing. And I've thought of that many, many times in giving. How God blesses if we are faithful, if we are obedient. He wants to pour blessing through us if we will just allow him to. And then Paul says why we are giving, the purpose uh, of our giving. Uh, We're giving not so that Hyde Wesleyan can have a name and, oh, look at what they're doing for missions. You're giving not because you can say, oh, look what I have done and how much I have given. Paul says we are given uh, so that the Lord himself will be honored, that his name will be lifted up, that people will be able to stand and testify here and in eternity that they are a part of the family of God because of our faithfulness and our obedience. Uh, Paul said that if we give it will result in thanksgiving to God, uh, overflowing expressions of thanks to God. Men will praise God. That's why we do it. So that God will get glory. Certainly as we have given God has multiplied and blessed what we have done, not just in the dollars and cents that we have given, but because of our obedience as a church here in Hyde Westland, there are many other churches that have been inspired to say, we could do that too. God could do that through us. I was just this week talking to a pastor here in town that I had evidently had a conversation with a year or two ago, and I don't even recall the conversation of what I said, but he said I had been speaking to him about missions. And since that conversation, he has challenged his church, and his church has started giving to missions where they hadn't done so before. And I just praise God that God is taking what we are doing as a body and multiplying it to his glory, and many others are responding 
And then Paul wraps it up by reminding them, the Corinthians, of God's promise. He said, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Uh, no country's economy is stronger than their financial reserves. Uh, and the same is true for God. God's reserves are unlimited. He said, and God is able. You have a need, and God is able. There is a need of reaching 290,000 people. God is able. God is able to do through us, through those that we are partnering with, what needs to be done to reach those people for Jesus Christ. Uh, The only question that remains is, am I willing to allow God to give what he wants through me? Am I willing to allow it? You know that every year I ask you this question, or ask you to ask God this question. God, what do you want to do through me? And that's the only thing that I ask you to pray and ask him. What do you want to do through me? If he says nothing, then don't do anything. If he says give less than what you gave last year, then give less. If he says give more, then give more. Just have that conversation with God and be obedient. And I think that if we are all obedient, God wants to do through us that which is necessary to reach the next step in this journey of reaching these people for Jesus Christ. Our faith promise goal this year is $100,000. That blows me away. Um, There's only a couple of you that can remember back to the days when we started this journey. When we started this journey of giving to missions, our total budget for the whole year was like $15,000. That's what they paid the pastor, they paid to keep the building, they paid every bill, the electric, $15,000. And we said, okay, God, you want to do something through us? And God began talking to our hearts. And that first year, our goal was $1,000. And we promised God that we'd give $3,600. I was blown away. I couldn't believe that we had done what we had just promised. And every year, God has helped us to to reach higher and higher and higher. And to have a goal of 100,000, maybe you sitting there, it doesn't seem that big, but to me, it just takes my breath away every year when I think about what God wants to do through us and is capable of doing through us. $100,000. Well, to do that, every one of us would have to give a huge amount, right? Well, as you know, it doesn't work that way. We as Americans spend money on things that kind of blow your mind when you think about what we spend. Just a few things of what we spend We spend $139 per American, man, woman, and child, for pet care. Many of our animals live a lot better than most people live around the world. We spend $54 on average, every man, woman, and child, on bottled water. We spend $231, every man, woman, and child in America, on pop. 
in the course of a year. We spend every adult person, 18 years and older, it averages out to $120 a year that we spend on coffee. $93 on candy. $71 on potato chips and pretzels. $71 on toys, every American. Did you know there's more Barbie dolls in America than there are people? That's a statistic that they say. More Barbie dolls than there are people. $190 on gourmet food or specialty foods. So there are some things that we spend our money on. Um, To be able to reach $100,000 for our church family, all we would have to do is give up our... um, See if this is going to work for me. There we go. All we'd have to do is give up pop, candy, and potato chips, pretzels. Just think about that. If the Hyde Wesleyan Church would just give up those things of what an average American spends, we would have $104,000. Now, doesn't that just blow your mind? We're not a huge church, but if we would do that, hundred and none of us, you know, we all know that those things we probably shouldn't eat anyway. And if we do, we'll probably have to go to Weight Watchers or somewhere to help take care of what it does to us. And we'll probably buy vitamins and other supplements to make up for what those things, you know, do to our body. But just think about that. All we'd have to do is give that up to be able to reach, not even sacrifice, not even a sacrifice, it'd just be not taking an extra. I'm just saying it's possible for us to reach our goal with no problem if all of us do our little bit. We have a great big job to do. There are so many people that don't know Jesus right here and around us and around the world that we are a part of partnering with those who are on the front lines. And God has resourced us with the ability to help them. And that's what we are calling us as a church to do this morning. I thank God for each of you and everyone that gives generously to this offering. And if you attend here regularly, you know that I don't get up here and harp about funds. Uh, Once a year, we have this conversation about missions. And God has, as we have been faithful in giving to missions, has helped us to meet each and every need. Each month, as we receive this offering on the fourth Sunday of the month, if anything, I don't maybe talk about it enough. (laughs) Some months I even forget to say it's Mission Sunday. And yet you have been so faithful in giving and faithful in helping us reach our goal. And God, God is going to honor that, and he does honor that. And we just pray that as we receive our commitment for another year, that you will do it having had that honest conversation with God, and that you will, throughout this year, just look in amazement at how God, through you, has been faithful in helping us 
reach our community. I'm going to ask you to get out your Faith Promise commitment uh, card there if you have it and are planning to, to give and to participate. And we're just going to have a word of prayer. And then I'm going to ask the ushers to come. And what we'll do is just have them go down these two aisles and you can just pass them to the, to the aisle and they'll receive them. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, you are a great God and an awesome God. We thank you that someone cared enough about us to share Jesus with us. Some of us, maybe it was our mom and dad and we heard about you at their knee or when we were a kid in Sunday school. Some of us, maybe it wasn't until we were much older that we heard about your great love and responded to it. But somebody had to tell us and we thank you for bringing the gospel, the good news to us. And Lord, we have a great and awesome responsibility and we just think of these 290,000 reasons, people that have a name that you know that you died for, that many of them don't even know that Jesus is more than a curse word, that word that is taken in vain day after day. Oh God, we pray that many of them will know who you are and that they will know that you died for them because we were willing to be a part of taking the gospel to where they are and where they live. Lord, I pray especially for Pastor Richard and the Overflow Church as they will be right in the middle of planting that church and many from that church are going to go out and be a part of the new church plant. Oh God, I pray that you would raise up even here in our church families, those that would be willing to drive and be a part of maybe the startup or the special outreaches, I pray that you will help us to be faithful. And I pray that you will help us to be faithful in our giving. I pray that the harvest of righteousness will be great in our lives. Help us to depend upon you because you are able to do above and beyond what we could even ask or think. And so with joy, we give this morning and promise to give over the course of this year, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Just pass those to the center and they'll, they'll receive them. And then next Sunday we'll report on, on our offering. And if between now and next week or even in the future, if God would speak to your heart to, uh, to participate and maybe you are, haven't participated, um, uh, you can certainly turn one in. Also, on the fourth Sunday of each month, uh, it's just during our regular tithes and offerings. If you would put on an envelope, missions, faith promise, whatever, we'll see that that gets to missions. Again, whether or not you've made a commitment on a paper. And uh, there was no place for you to sign your name there. This is between you and God. No one's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you didn't give. Uh, We have no idea who it is that gives what. We just ask for you to fill those out. One, it makes you accountable to yourself, but it also helps us to form the budget so that we can allot to our missionaries and the various projects, the funds that we will be giving over the course of this year. Thank you for spending this time with us this morning. And I know this is uh, a different kind of message than maybe we normally talk about on a Sunday morning, but it's an important one one a part of which is a part of our spiritual walk of God through us meeting the needs of the world. And I trust that he will bless you richly for your faithful giving.
to the kingdom of God.